Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Steve Schramm here with another episode of the Subscription Web Design Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well today. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm excited to bring to you a subject matter that I've been asked about recently, and I wanted to talk about my thoughts with respect to contracts, okay? How do we put together contracts that secure our uh, time investment in a subscription web design business, and how do we make sure that we know uh, our clients' uh, investment, their financial investment is secured in the projects that we are doing? Lots of questions have come up about this because you know people wonder, well, what happens if I'm doing a website project and four months into the project or something like that, the client decides, oh, but the website's not working for them and they want to leave. And, you know, they haven't finished out paying for their website. You know, what do we do in those situations? Um, can a client just come to us, you know, pay whatever that number is, two ninety seven a month or whatever for a website, and then leave after a few months without paying the rest of the time? And that sort of thing is a concern uh, for the web uh, designer. And of course, your clients are always going to make sure to, uh, you know, they're going to want to know, well, is this web designer going to be around for the long haul? If I keep paying, are they going to keep being responsive, et cetera? And it's for this reason that I think that uh, you should get into having a contract as soon as possible. And I just have to say, from the very first time that I had a web design uh, client come in for subscription web design, I had a contract. I've had to mold that over the years. I've had to make adjustments to it 100%. It hasn't been perfect, and it's still not perfect today, but I've always had it, and I've grown from each time, and have been able to incorporate it into future client sales, and it's made a big difference. So I want to give you six things, just some guidelines uh, to think about and help you create your own contracts, and that I think will be very helpful for you. Now, if you want to save some time, okay, if you want to save some time, then I would invite you to join the Getting Started with Subscription Web Design course. You can go to steveschramm.co slash SWD. It will take you right into there, and the course will not only walk you through how to actually get started implementing subscription web design in your own business, but you get my contract templates as well. The two that we're going to talk about right here inside this podcast episode, I make those available for you as part of the course, so I would definitely invite you to go join that get those uh, documents, but also you'll learn how to use them. I, I walk through uh, with videos and everything on exactly how to use those contracts and implement them into your business. All right. Don't forget if you do that to use code podcast for 20% off. All right. So let's talk about it. All about contracts. What do we need to know when it comes to contracts for your subscription web design business? Okay. Number one, is that you have to have them, <laughs> right? This is not rocket science. You have to have them. Okay. Contracts are necessary because they define expectations. And we're going to talk about what the expectations and all of that, what goes into that. But I really want you to just understand the gravity and the importance of having contracts to start with. You might think, oh, I can just skip this step for now. I'm not charging enough to make it worth it. Oh, I'm going to be working with a friend or a family member. You know, we can we can just do business on a handshake. That's how I've always done it. I would not do that with subscription web design. In fact, I wouldn't do that with any web design. But since this is the subscription web design podcast, I am especially telling you, do not go into a subscription web design arrangement without having a contract that clearly lays out what the terms and the expectations of the project are. It will save you so much time. 
so much trouble. It will answer so many questions. I mean, just a good contract can save a one or two hour long phone call with the client going through questions and everything up front. So what you would want to do is get the contract into their hands as soon as possible, answer the, the few questions that they need before getting to that point, but then get the contract in their hands as soon as possible, allow that to answer the questions that they have, and then they can come back to you with additional questions if they have them before signing. And then depending on the nature of those questions, you can even use that as an opportunity to amend your contract going forward, okay? You can include answers to some of those questions. Maybe they're things that you've never thought about before, in future contracts and save you lots of time in the future as well. So I would highly advise that. Um, have them. Have contracts. Secondly, when it comes to contracts, there are two within subscription web design that I like to use. The first is the managed website agreement, and the second is the build sign-off. Now, you can call your websites whatever you'd like to. Um, what I have decided to call them is managed websites. Okay, I call them managed websites. And the reason I use that terminology is because of how my model works. On my model, not only do we build the website, but we also manage it as well. And personally, I like the word managed better than maintain. And I know a lot of people have maintenance plans. And I, by the way, I think that's totally fine. But maintenance sounds like a reactive expense, whereas management sounds like a proactive investment. Okay, for example, in the real estate world, you don't hire somebody to do property maintenance. You hire a property manager. Now, the property manager may hire somebody to do maintenance, okay, to perform that function, but the role that you are paying for is the management of the property. The management of the property makes sure that new tenants are coming in, make sure that people are, you know, the, the, the current tenants are being taken care of, make sure that things are getting fixed in a timely manner, and all of those things, okay? So I want somebody to think of, of, of me as a, a proactive resource that they're investing in, not a reactive resource that is costing them money. So that's why I don't like the, the term like maintained website or anything like that. I say it's a managed website. And so the contract is a managed website agreement. And basically it spells out all the details, the basic terms, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But it spells out the details that they need to know about what this engagement is like. And I require that this is signed and we get um, either the first month's payment or um, if you're using setup fees, I require the setup fee. We got to have the setup fee and a signed agreement before we start doing any work at all. That way we have those expectations um, laid in stone. The second one, the second contract in this process is a build sign-off form, a build sign-off form. This one is very important. What you're going to do is after you've reached the point in time where the initial website build is done, and by the way, you should build something into your contract for what happens if the project drags on, all right? Now, you should do this regardless of if you're doing subscription web design, but in subscription web design, and you can do this your own way, but for me, I decided that if a project takes longer than 90 days, I reserve the right to start charging additional fees for how much, uh, how many, you know, how much time and resources the project is actually taking of my team. You know, we just can't afford to be in build mode on a project for six months. It's just unreasonable. It would take way too much time, way too much money. So we don't want to do that. So we have this build sign off form. 
what the build sign off form does is help my clients understand when we're moving into different phases of the project. So I like to work on four different phases, collect, create, critique, and care. Okay, those are my client-facing project phases. So the first phase is collect as much data as we can, as much content, as much imagery, as much information. Then we create, you know, we go to the creative slab and start putting things down. Then after the creation is done, we critique. We work with the client to make sure that the site is exactly how they want it. And then we go into care phase, which is ongoing management and maintenance. And the build sign-off comes in after the critique phase and signals the beginning of the care phase. And once care phase kicks in, that's where we are in, you know, what I'll call maintenance mode or management mode. And that's where we are, you know, like the, the there's a limit of an hour per month. If we go over that hour per month and there's a uh, discounted hourly rate that we're going to start charging and all of this sort of maintenance benefits kick in. Notably, the price doesn't change. Okay. We're not changing anything about the price when this happens. The same amount of money is still being exchanged every single month. But what they're doing is they're signifying with their signature that they're happy with the build and the sign-off is done. They're good. They're not requesting any more uh, changes until the next build cycle happens. Um, and that's it. Very important to create that association in your mind and also in theirs and for record keeping. So you need two contracts, the managed website agreement and the build sign-off. All right. The third thing that I want to tell you about contracts is to keep it simple. Keep it simple. So many times I see contracts that are like 17 pages long. They've got all these legalese, difficult terminology. You know, it's it's like it doesn't feel right in your soul as a creative person to have a contract that looks like this. Um, and I'll be honest, even mine, um, mine is a little longer than I wish it was. Um I admire people who have been able to strip their contracts down to like basically a one page, you know, sheet. And I'm like, well, I'm not there yet. Okay. So I think mine is like 10 pages or something like that. Um, but it's the one I'm currently using. And still, even though it's longer than I'd like, it's still very simple. It doesn't use complex terminology. The language is very simple. It's very conversational in nature and it just feels, um, it feels good. I feel, I feel good about signing it. And I think my clients feel good about signing it as well. So we keep it simple, nothing too, you know, complex. You might have a lawyer still look over it to make sure it's all, you know, legally binding and all of that stuff. You should definitely do that. In fact, um, but keep it simple. Okay. Fourth is some things you need to define. All right. So you need to define at least three things at the very simple level. Number one, basic terms. Okay. What are the terms and conditions of the website as you see it? You know, how many pages are included? Uh, what is the ongoing management responsibility? What does that look like? How many hours are you going to dedicate to the site? How long should the project uh, expected to, you know, be expected to take? If it goes beyond that, are there any additional fees? You know, basic terms and things that you're going to have to think through. And if you're somebody who is coming into subscription web design from a more traditional model, definitely take and apply the lessons that you've learned about how to work with clients to this model as well. Because I got to tell you, Working with clients from our perspective can definitely be a little different under this model because I think we've set up expectations um, a little better from the get-go, but clients still do what clients do. And I love my clients, don't get me wrong, I, I don't talk bad about them at all, um, 
but you are going to want to set some boundaries. And so I think those learning experiences that you have in your current business, if you've already been doing client work for a while and you're just transitioning into subscription web design, definitely build those things into your contract for subscription web design as well. Um, like what happens about what if it takes forever to get content from the client? You know, that's a, that's a, a perennial problem. It seems like it's like, well, you know, that needs to be built in. If it takes more than two months to get content from the client, then okay, the project goes on the back burner and we'll resume it whenever the content comes in or whatever it is. And maybe you penalize them financially for that, or maybe you terminate the contract and they still owe whatever, like six months worth. They owe, they owe, um, you know, half of the uh, arrangement or whatever. So you can make it up, right? You can sort of define those terms based on your prior experience. So define the basic terms. Then you're going to define who is responsible for what. Very important. Who's responsible for what? What things are we responsible for bringing to the table? What things are they responsible for bringing to the table? You know, a, a really great example of this is content, imagery, and website copy. Who is going to be responsible for that? And I know different businesses, and, and we have a certain way of doing it, but I know some businesses that have got so tired of this that from the web design perspective, they um, they build it in. They Their, their pricing is such that they build in copywriting on the website from the very get-go and that's it they don't allow the client to be responsible for that so in their contracts they would indicate that they are responsible for that um but you might not want to touch content at all you might just want to design and you don't even want to necessarily get imagery and things like that you want them to do it that's totally fine if they agree to those terms but you have to put those terms in there you have to define who is responsible for getting those things when they're responsible for getting them to you when they are responsible for paying what roles you are responsible for as it relates to communication so define who's responsible for what and then the final thing is it has to define what happens if something goes wrong so basic terms who's responsible for what and what happens if something goes wrong if the website build takes too long if uh, somebody gets sick or injured throughout the process and adjustments need to be made for that. If, you know, if, if we get four months into this thing and it looks like, you know, there's not enough results happening, what happens there? Or if they're just not happy with, you know, the working with the team, the process of working with the team and, you know, you're a couple of weeks, couple of months or whatever in and it's like, I don't think this is going to work anymore. What happens there? So defining what will happen if something goes wrong. So in my case, for example, I say that, well, if we, if, if we terminate the contract, we reserve the right with written notice to terminate the contract within 30 days. So I give 30 days written notice that gives you time to go out and find another designer or whatever. If the client wants to terminate the contract, then they are responsible to pay for the remainder of the 18 months. It's like a lease. When you sign a, a rent agreement, a rental agreement, a lease agreement with, with a landlord, um, to use this terminology again, you usually sign at least a one-year lease. And for us, in our case, we do 18 months with, with respect to uh, the websites. Um, but some people do a year or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you're responsible to guarantee that income. And then after that, it's month to month. That's exactly how we treat our agreements. We treat them as sort of like a lease where, yeah, once you start, once you sign, once you're committed, then you owe for that 18 months. And that, that first cycle is what we call it. You owe for that first cycle and that's it. Um, if you decide to leave it month four, I'm sorry, you made a commitment and you've got 14 months worth of buying out that commitment to make up for. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it how we do it. That's just how we do it, okay? Um, but we define what happens if something goes wrong in those cases. Okay, the fifth thing is that scope 
matters, okay? Scope matters. I'm not sure if there is any problem more prevalent in creative work than scope creep. And if you're not familiar with the term, I mean, almost certainly you are, but if you're not familiar with the term scope creep, it basically means what happens when the expectations of a project are misaligned between both parties and some sort of inflation of the project happens. Sometimes this involves cost inflation. Most of the time, it's just, hey, I want to add this little thing here, or I want to add this little thing here. I heard about this plugin, or I heard about this software, and the project gets bigger over time. It's very important within your contracts to define the scope. Um, you can't obviously define everything that's excluded, but you can very clearly define what is included. And then you can very clearly say um, that anything that does not fall within the bounds of what is included in this contract is considered out of scope. And you can maybe even give some examples to help them think about it. But that's why you're defining what is in scope and what is out of scope so that the project doesn't inflate. I've written a whole article on this that I can share with you all if you'd like. But it's scope group is a very big deal because it's not good for the web designer or for the client because then there's upset customers. There is a, a mismatch of expectations. You know, uh, people like you and me as, as designers and, and business owners, we don't want to upset the people that we're working for. And, you know, it always feels kind of dirty and slimy to go back to somebody and be like, well, that's actually going to cost whatever, 500 bucks extra or, you know, a hundred bucks a month extra. Uh, but at the same time, it's also dirty and slimy for them to get away with not paying for something that they should have paid for, but they should have asked about it sooner. Um, so it's like, what happens if you start the, you know, the project and you get a couple months in and you're building, it, it's really good. And the client's like, oh, um, can we add a membership? Like, I, what if I want somebody to be able to log into a site? And to them, it's like, oh, well, no problem. You know, be able to log into a site. But, you know, people like you and me are having a heart attack where we're like, oh, my gosh, that's that is hours and hours of not only initial development work. Um, it's also a lot of thinking to make sure that it's happening the right way for that client's needs. Then, of course, it's uh, software costs and then it's ongoing management and maintenance. It's troubleshooting when the people who are supposed to be logging into the site have problems with that. You see what I'm saying? So what they perceive is just a very small thing. You know, you know that it's a big deal and it's like, well, if you haven't defined that scope very clearly inside of your contract, then you're going to run into issues there. So uh, all about contracts, just to recap so far, have them use two, a managed website agreement and a build sign off at the very least those two, three, keep it simple, right? Don't use complex language. Four, define basic terms, who's responsible for what and what happens if something goes wrong. Five, scope matters. Scope matters. What's in scope and what's out of scope needs to be very well defined. And then sixth and finally, I would say this, find a template and make it yours. Find a template and make it yours. You really don't have to reinvent the wheel. Lots of people out there have created great templates that you can start with and then mold to your liking. By the way, that's what I did, okay? So when I initially wanted to do this seven years ago, I went out and found what I considered to be the best contract template I could find. and then. I adapted it and completely overhauled it for subscription web design, and I've been amending it ever since. And that's the contract that I make available for you inside of the uh, course, uh, Getting Started with Subscription Web Design. I make that available for you, and you can go through and take what I have done to it in terms of the subscription web design uh, flavor and go ahead and make it your own for your business. So, you know, today that contract is entirely different than the template I started with, but you know, full disclosure, I did start with a template, made my own template from it with a lot of additional details. And now you can use that as a starting point or 
you can always do, you know, you can reinvent the wheel if you want to. You could go out and you could find uh, another contract template that has nothing to do with subscription web design and then just mold it for your business. But I would start there. Um, I don't think there's any need to have to necessarily go out and get a lawyer to draw up a original contract just for your business. You could certainly do that, but I'm just fair warning. It's probably overkill. Um, however, this is not a podcast where you come to for legal advice. So if you work with an attorney closely or whatever, um, definitely, you know, you should have them look into that and get that done. I'm just saying that's not what I did. Um, I went out and found a contract that worked well. And uh, I know for a fact the contract is enforceable because I used to work for attorneys and uh, they helped me enforce my contract at one point. Okay. So it's enforceable. Um, that's it. If there's a signed agreement between mutual parties, you know, you've got to check the laws in your state, talk with an attorney in your state. But for the most part, I think you're absolutely fine to find a template and make it yours, whether that's the template that I give you inside the course or whether it's a template that you go find somewhere else. That's, you know, it's up to you. Um, but that's what I would recommend that you do. So contracts, I know they're they're kind of a necessary evil. You know, we don't like contracts. We much prefer to be able to just, you know, do things on a handshake basis. I, I totally get that. But trust me when I tell you, they're for your protection. They're for your client's protection. And they will help you manage expectations. And that will make a gigantic difference in your business. Well, that's all I have for today, my friends. I appreciate you being a listener. I would love for you to go to lovethepodcast.com slash subscription web design and leave us a review. It will really, really help other people with finding the podcast and um, determining whether or not it's right for them. It would mean the world to me if you could go leave a review for this podcast. And um, I look forward to seeing you next week. Again, for the next couple of weeks here, we're going to have two episodes per week coming up and uh, to get a lot of content out there for you in the beginning here and get you started on your subscription web design journey. Look, I want nothing more for you than to have stable income, clients you love working with, a uh, a life that has been designed well and a business that supports that lifestyle that you've designed and that you've wanted. And I think subscription web design is the path to that. So thank you for being a listener and we'll catch you on the next one. Hey there, it's Steve, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. You know, one of the biggest questions that I get is, okay, Steve, I'm excited. I love this idea of subscription web design, but I have no clue where to get started. If that's you, go to subscriptionwebdesign.com right now, enter your best email address, and I'm going to send you an exclusive training that I did on the five models of subscription web design that will show you the options that are available to you and give you some things to think about on how to get started. And for a limited time, I'm going to include my contract template for subscription web design. I've been asked multiple times to provide this template, and it's usually only available to my paying students. It's a $100 value, but it's yours free. Just go to subscriptionwebdesign.com and enter your best email address there, and I'll send those right to you, as well as send you daily email tips from the trenches of running my agency. See you over there at subscriptionwebdesign.com.